Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. To infinity and beyond. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm your host, Eric Sassman. Of course, I got the Disney dentist with me, Dr. Doug. And Doug, I got to tell you what, I am excited. What, what's so exciting, Derek? We have listeners. Uh, we here do. We, are. we, we do. We, here we are, you know, just uh, coming, uh, coming into our second month of Rope Drop Radio, and we are finally getting listener questions. And something that we've always dreamed of doing when we were first talking about this show was doing listener question-oriented shows. And so right now uh, we are going to do that, and we're going to try to continue to do this once a month, your questions. So before we even begin, those who are listening, if you ever have a question, Email us uh, or find us on Facebook, Rope Drop Radio. Send us some messages. Email us or send us a Facebook message on Rope Drop Radio. Find us on Twitter. Ask there. We love helping you plan your trip. So, Doug, are you ready to answer some questions? I am ready. Awesome. Well, the one that everyone's talking about right now, I know you've gotten it a lot. I've gotten a lot, especially with the events that have happened in the past uh, week and uh, and whenever you're listening to this, the past couple weeks. Uh, a lot of people are wondering right now, how safe is Disney World? That's a great question. Um, with any vacation that you take, I think it's important to look at the safety, and especially if you're taking your family there. And Disney World is a massive place. I mean, we're talking about an area the size of the city of San Francisco or the island of Manhattan. Uh, so there's a lot of security issues, a lot of wildlife, a lot of other things going on, but it's extremely safe. You think about how many thousands of people Disney transportate, tra uh, transports around uh, just to the parks and from the parks and how few incidents there are. It's really amazing. Um, we went back and looked through uh, the history of accidents and incidents at Disney World just the other day. Both my wife, the, the rope drop queen, um, we, were, we were looking at that and almost all of the really bad ones were things that People weren't following a sign. They weren't doing what they should have. They went over a fence, out of their way. And, yeah, bad things can happen when you don't follow the rules. Uh, I think one of the worst ones in recent history was a little boy at Fort Wilderness. There's lots of uh, bus loops at Fort Wilderness, and he was riding a bike. Lots of kids are riding a bike, and he hit the side of a bus. So, I mean, that's something that, that could happen on your street at home. Um, that's not just something specific to Disney. So it's it's very safe. Uh, Disney is always looking for ways to keep you safe as well. Yep, I know. And now they, they're really, you know, they check you when you go in. And, and I know a lot of people get frustrated with that because it's an extra line at the beginning of the park. But really, that's just an extra layer of safety. So they're making sure everyone's good in there. And honestly, it's the happiest place on earth. So people are there to have a good time. So let's just say, you know, when it comes to traveling to Disney World, 
don't cancel your vacation or and don't be afraid to go. It is a great place. Nowhere matter where you go, there are still going to be incidences, of course, but as long as you pay attention to the rules, signs, know your limitations, uh, it, it should be a wonderful, wonderful experience for you. Yeah, and you know the anywhere where there's a lot of people, there's a risk, unfortunately, in this day and age for bad things to happen. Um, 99% of the time, nothing happens, right? How many sporting events have you been to where, uh, I think at our basketball arena last winter, they added where you had to open your jacket. No one touched anything. No one looked at anything in your pocket. I mean, they just had you open it. So Disney does way more than that. They're very thorough with their bag checks, and they've added the metal detectors. And I think that's a good step. A lot of people whine about it, but I think it, overall it's a great deterrent for bad things to happen. Absolutely. It's still a wonderful place to go, so definitely don't cancel on your trips. And speaking of trips, we got a Twitter question from Back to the Mouse. He asks, Rope, at Rope Drop Radio, I would be interested in the must-dos on a three-night dream sailing, taking one in October. Doug, I know you have some experience right here. What are the uh, what are the must dos? Well, it's the Disney Dream, and not sure if it's a he or she with the Twitter handle there. So we'll they just, are a yeah. Disney fan. That's all I know yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's all we know, and I'm pretty sure they have a really good blog at backtothemouse.com as well. So check that out. But um, so your must dos change a little bit depending on who you are, who you're traveling with. But on the Dream. I would say my must-do, if I sail it again, would be to see Villains Tonight. Um, it's that good. It's hilarious. Uh, Hades is very funny. You don't get that show anywhere else. It's unlike any other show. So that's my absolute must-do. Derek, you're planning a Disney Dream cruise, and I know you've done a ton of research, watched a ton of videos. What's the one thing that you must do? Well, you hit the first one on the head, so you took that one as the villains. I can't wait to see that show. But one of my must-dos is the Aqueduct. I just, I, I want to ride it with my kids. I want to ride it by myself. Uh, and so I want to just go. And if that means I have to, you know, maybe go to the Bahamas a little bit later, get back on the boat a little bit early, that is going to be one of my must-dos uh, that I, I definitely have to do. And so I, I'm sure everyone who goes on the ship experiences it, but I want to experience it as many times as possible. Absolutely. You'll have to rope drop it. Oh yeah, I will be rope dropping, and I will even I will Twitter uh, picture me rope dropping that uh, for all of our fans out there uh, when I go in February. So really excited about that one. A uh, great question. Uh, another question. Our next question. I love because uh, I love fast pass questions. Get them all the time. So here's one. What fast pass would you get for Epcot for a family of four with one girl and one boy? They ask a couple. They test track Soren or Frozen Ever After. From Charlie. All right, Charlie. So it doesn't say the age of the kids, huh? Nope. Um, I'm assuming they're all tall enough for Test Track and Soren if he's asking. So Frozen Ever After just opened. If we don't know all the statistics on it quite yet when we're we're talking about this, but if the capacity of that is anything like Maelstrom, uh, it's not going to be very good. It's going to be abysmal compared to Test Track and Soren. So getting a fast pass for Frozen Ever After is going to be the most difficult to obtain, and it's also probably going to have the longest standby wait. So I would fast pass Frozen and rope drop Test Track, and uh, just soar on another day. They're with the tiered system at Epcot, it makes it tough. It's almost going to make Epcot 
a two-day park if you want to fast pass more than one thing out of those three. But I would probably pick fast pass from Frozen Ever After and then rope drop uh, test track. I agree with you. And one thing he didn't mention is what day of the week he's going. I know with Epcot, you know, the weekends can be busy. If he goes during the week, and that's when we always love to do Epcot, and the last time we were there, we did rope drop test track. And it was great because right after we got through test track, we did go over to Sorn. It was about a 35-minute wait. But uh, if you did get those fast passes to Frozen Ever After, you're going to be able to hit all three of those attractions with very little wait. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. Uh, we'll see going forward, but um, Soren is also, or Test Track is one that if you don't really care about illuminations, jump in line right at the end of the day and uh, you can have a very short wait right as illuminations is about to get started. Yeah, but I'm one of those people that I can't I can't miss that one. So I don't know what, what Charlie wants to do there with the kids, but there you go. Hopefully we answered your questions. Uh, next question we got is from Noel in Dallas. And I'm going to be in Walt Disney World from October 8th to the 15th, which is two days after my birthday, Noel. you got to go then. But what night should we do Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party? Should we do it on the 10th, the 11th, the 13th, or the 14th? Uh, she added some additional information. They're staying at the Coronado Springs and two adults, two children with a pretty big age gap, 16 and 5. Okay. So looking at the calendar now, um, October 10th is Columbus Day. Columbus Day weekend crowds do pick up a little bit. Um, so that's a Monday is the 10th. Tuesday is usually the day that I would recommend going to the party, and that's the 11th. So that's the day after Columbus Day. There could be a little bit of lingering crowds on the 11th. Um, the next party is on Thursday night, and then the 14th is a Friday night. I would totally I would avoid the 14th like the plague. Friday night you get the peak crowds and the cost is higher, I'd probably do the 11th on the Tuesday, and my second choice would be the Thursday, depending on how it fits into your plan. Um, you know, the, getting to the party, no matter where you're staying, it's about the same. You take your bus, and um, but I'd probably do a Tuesday night. Well, good. I, I know for us, we've always wanted to go. I know we're going to do a future episode on the history and everything with Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So uh, keep listening, Noel. Noel. We're going to do that here closer to the fall. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's one of my, uh, my bucket lists is to be able to go to that. So you'll have to tell us all about it, and we can do some questions uh, for that. The next question comes from Matt in Louisiana, and it's a question that I love. So, Doug, I'm going to ask you because I'm really interested in your answers. What is your favorite counter service location in each of the four parks? All right. Counter service location each of the four parks. And then and then that, don't forget you can always talk oh, about the dining plan with it as well. Oh, like the best value or Yep, getting the best yeah. value. Yep. I like to hear both. I want to hear your favorite locations and then I know Matt was asking also for the best value too. All right, Matt. Well, this is a 30-minute show just right there in your question easily. But my favorite counter service in each location is right off the top of my head. Magic Kingdom, Cosmic Rays, because you also get a free show. Um, you get Sunny Eclipse. It's hard to beat. Uh, and there's a toppings bar or a fixin' bar, as they like to call it. Um, let's move over to Epcot. My favorite counter service, um, Sunshine Seasons. I uh, like it now. Didn't like it when I had little kids because it's cafeteria style and you got to carry around a tray and it's annoying with kids. But now I like it now that my kids are capable of holding their own food. Uh, lots of choices. You can even get Chinese to uh, pizza. It, it's got a little bit of everything. 
Um, let's see, Hollywood Studios, Backlot Express, that is where their Star Wars food. And if my food has Darth Vader on it, it tastes better. Um, now to Animal Kingdom. So here, um, I'm not in love with any of the restaurants. A lot of people out there will say that the barbecue, Flame Tree Barbecue, is by far and away the best. I do not find Disney's version of barbecue um, worth eating. Uh, we usually go cheap and quick when we're in the Animal Kingdom, and we head over to Restaurantosaurus because the kids are very entertained by the surroundings. Um, pizza Safari, it's all right. It's Disney Pizza. Um, we like Yak and Yeti, but there's not enough indoor seating. So usually we go for the air conditioning at um, Restaurantosaurus. So yes, I just picked a restaurant based off of air conditioning, and that's kind of the only reason. Um, dining plan-wise, they're all about the same as long as you order from the higher end of the menu. You know, don't uh, don't get the cheapest thing. Don't get chicken nuggets everywhere. Um, Sunshine Seasons, you can really maximize the value of some of those entrees. Um, yeah, Cosmic Rays, there's, there's a chicken and ribs platter that can really maximize it. So basically all the counter service, if you're going to one of the main counter service places, you can maximize the value of that dining plan. Uh, where you get in trouble with the count, the dining plan is when you start getting meals from a kiosk, you know, like the um, Golden get those Oak pretzels Outpost. and stuff like that. Yeah, like you start doing other little things or like the cold cut sandwiches at Starring Rolls. I, I don't get why people use a counter service credit on that. Um, so as long as you're at one of the main um, counter service restaurants, you can find a good value. Uh, just don't order the cheapest thing on the menu, which sometimes I feel obligated to order the most expensive thing, whether I like it or not. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of your choices. I'm going to add two more in there. I've talked about before the Friars Nook in the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I still feel is one of the most cost-effective uh, places to eat for uh, you get a big helping of mac and cheese and kids love it so uh, I'm sure one of your kids will absolutely love it and then another one I do enjoy at uh, Hollywood uh, at the studios is the sci-fi uh, dine-in and drive so is that would that count as counter That's, service no or sit that down? is table okay. service, that is yeah, table service. Yeah. I do I do enjoy that place at a too. table you're in a car yeah you're in so, a car so I, I got confused it's with not this. a table I haven't been to that one in a little bit so no it's not dining service you're right no. uh, but I agree if you're gonna be at the uh, studios you gotta go Star Wars all the way yeah uh, ABC commissary is okay it's got the air conditioning but you don't pass up Star Wars food nope absolutely not and and, uh, and once they start getting that blue milk regularly in there I feel just like Luke Skywalker Absolutely. So here's another question uh, coming from Todd. Can I use Magical Express just to transport our luggage directly to our resort? I normally rent a car at the airport. Our flight gets in at about 4 p.m. and we want to head over directly for our dinner reservations at 6 p.m. at Le Cellar. We don't want to have to wait for our luggage at the airport and we really like the flexibility of the rental car. My wife does not want to leave our luggage in the Epcot parking lot. All right, so Todd, um, LaCellier's Steakhouse in Canada. Um, he doesn't say where he's staying, does he? Nope, doesn't say where he's staying. No. Okay, um, so I don't usually think it's a good idea to send your luggage on the Magical Express without you. Um, it may save you 30 minutes, 20 minutes of time um, waiting for that luggage. But if your luggage doesn't make it because they say, well, you never checked in, because they do scan your magic band when you get on the Magical Express, 
I'm not sure all the logistics of how it's tied together, but I know my luggage is worth more than 30 minutes of my time. I agree. Um, if I lose my luggage, I would not be happy. So I, I don't want to recommend it. I know people have probably done it, but I don't want to recommend it. And you know, if you rent a car, I love renting a car as well. We've done we've done both Magical Express and renting a car. Um, we resort hop all the time, and so that means we're rope dropping somewhere and putting all our luggage in our car and it's sitting in an Epcot, a Magic Kingdom, a Hollywood Studios parking lot until about two, three o'clock when we hop on over to the resort to check into the new resort and then get ready and we hop back for dinner. Um, and we've never had a problem leaving our luggage in the car. So one option is attempt to convince your wife that that's okay. Um, the other option is try to change your La Cellier, um reservation. But uh, trying to get luggage to your resort into bellhop service or into the room and then getting to the cellier unless you're staying at the beach club which that would be the most ideal thing you're, you're probably not going to make it yeah that's a tough one and, and i i'm like you i have no desire to ever travel uh without my luggage it's just one risk i'm not willing to take so absolutely try to change your reservation and and not deal with the stress of traveling because uh, who knows, maybe your flight's delayed or, or something else mm-hmm. or uh, you get slow luggage coming off the airplane. Um, yeah, just I would try yeah. to try, change that reservation and because and, uh, you never want to travel. I've, I've had that where I've had to travel and make a reservation and it was literally I was running uh, from location to location and it wasn't fun. So, uh, yep, I, I would recommend that as well. So here we go. Hopefully that helps. Uh, we do got another question based off another show that we did. Uh, will Anna and Elsa, of course, the princesses from Frozen, will they appear at, I can never say it right. It's uh, an Epcot. Acaricious. There you go. You know, you know. For character meals. All right. And, yep. So um, as of now, no. Um, rumor has it, probably not. So I don't think they're going to be showing up anytime soon. Um, I'm kind of surprised Disney doesn't do a whole meal just with them because it'd be like printing money. But uh, as of now, no, they are not slated to appear there. However, they are just down the sidewalk a little ways meeting guests. And is that? Do you think that's why they're not doing that? So it doesn't confuse kids on that they're be, they're doing a meet and greet, and then all oh, now we're meeting a different, slightly looking princess uh, Elsa at the restaurant. I don't think so because we've met Mulan in Akershiz and then an hour later met Mulan in China. Um, Belle meets in France. She meets at Akershiz. So I don't think they're thinking that hard about it. I just think they why mess with what's working at Akershiz. Sometimes Disney is really surprising at how slow they get characters into into meals and change things around. Like why is there not a meal with Rapunzel and Merida and Anna and Elsa, the the newest princesses. I, I mean, really, why not? The kids would love it. Yep, you know, may, they they know something that we don't. I'm assuming. I know uh, costumes and training of the girls takes a lot of time and, and finding the right people. So maybe they're just trying to find the right people to be there. Maybe. Uh, 
All right, Doug, we have time for a few more questions, so let's uh, let's hit up another one, shall we? Um, I'll be in Orlando for a conference in August and can only spend one night in Walt Disney World. That's a bummer. Uh, what park would you visit and why? I've seen Wishes and Illumination several times, but have never seen the Star Wars fireworks or the Jungle Book show. Help me, Rope Drop Radio. You are my only hope. Uh, I'm so glad, and that is from Ben. Uh, so hopefully, Ben, we can give you a couple pointers. But, Doug, what do you think? Conference one day. First, I think he needs to change his conference schedule and spend at least a couple days uh, in, in Orlando. Yeah, that's the first issue. Clearly, he's scheduled wrong. But uh, I wonder if it's old Ben from Atlanta. So uh, I would say Star Wars fireworks. They just started doing the new show and a lot of projections on the Chinese theater. It looks outstanding. Uh, the Jungle Book show... This might be your only chance to see it um, because it's just a temporary filler. Uh, that being said, I don't know if a temporary filler is worth um, picking which park to go to. Yeah, and you know, it might be worth you can uh, you can actually uh, hop between a couple parks. I know for myself, if you, I mean, he's quoting Star Wars in his question, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out there and say you got to check out the fireworks show. But if you want to see the new Animal Kingdom stuff during the day. Uh, you can go there and then resort hop and do your night. Uh, make sure you meet Chewbacca and then come over and do the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars fireworks. Yeah, I, I think you got to go fireworks on this one. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a great. I've said it before. It is one of the best fireworks shows I've ever seen. Yeah, hands down. Absolutely. All right, we have uh, another question. This is coming from Holly in Arkansas. I have a family of six. Two adults and four children, ages 9, 8, 6, and 3. I'm trying to plan my trip for February of 2017, but cannot decide between a family suite at Art of Animation, Cabin at Fort Wilderness, or a two-bedroom villa at Saratoga Springs. Which would you choose and why, Holly? All right, Holly. So we're going to assume money is not an object because um, she didn't say anything about a budget or anything in there. Uh, she say boys or girls? Uh, nope, just got four children, nine, eight, six, and three. Okay. Well, I would cross off the cabins at Fort Wilderness unless you have your own rental car. They're really secluded. Um, you add some extra transportation time within the resort um, unless you really want wilderness. Um, they're from Arkansas. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're in Nebraska, and people sometimes think we don't even have indoor plumbing, but we do. Uh, but if we want to go stay in wilderness, it's not that far away. We can go get it. There are some people that live in pl very urban places that the Fort Wilderness thing is very novel. I get that. That's for them. But I'm going to guess if you're in Little Rock or where they say where in Arkansas? Uh, Little Rock, yep. Oh, wow. That was a good guess. Um, okay, so if they're in Arkansas, they can. They probably have some state parks, something very similar to Fort Wilderness nearby. Um, so that Art of Animation Suite in Saratoga Swings. Springs. The two big differences is one's deluxe, one's technically of value. Um, Saratoga Springs, a two bedroom is going to give you more square footage. You're going to be able to get further away from your children, which is nice. But Art of Animation, you get all the theming. Uh, you got kids right in that wheelhouse of really loving the over the top theming. I think that's uh, hands down a winner for Art of Animation. Uh, now, if you're like a sheet snob or your towels have to be super soft, um, Art of Animation Suites that kind of cost the same as a expensive moderate, but you get the value sheets, the value bedding, the value linens, 
if that's an issue for you, then Saratoga Springs is the way to go. Also, at Saratoga Springs, you can walk to Disney Springs. So if you're planning on doing a lot of Disney Springs, that makes sense. But I would go Art of Animation Family Suite for my family. I agree, and the Art of Animation is a, uh, a, a pro, uh, you know, if, if you said money's no problem, but if they are looking to save some money, Art of Animation is a little bit better to go. And you got some cool landscape around there, the Cars area, you got the Lion King area, and Ariel, just a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun decor to look at, and I don't know what gender your kids are, but there's definitely something for every one of that, of that age group. Yeah, Saratoga Springs... Now, if you said Treehouse Villa, I might be okay with that over just the regular two-bedroom because the Saratoga Springs, it, it looks like a hotel to me. You know, it has little Disney touches, but it looks like a hotel. It won't overwhelm a six-year-old. Now, a Treehouse Villa, you're not seeing anything like that anywhere else in the world. So that, that would be a different argument altogether. All right. Well, there you go, Holly from Little Rock. Now, I got a question directed to you from a listener because in episode five, we heard, Doug, that you had a mango allergy. So this is from uh, Megan. Her son has a tree nut allergy. Uh, She wants to visit the new Skipper's Canteen restaurant. She cannot get a reservation for the upcoming trip in July, and she's concerned that uh, there's going to be some cross-contamination with other dishes being prepared in the kitchen. What is the best way to inform the kitchen about her son's allergy? Uh, If she cannot get a reservation, she has noted on all of her other reservations. Uh, And can she also bring her EpiPen into the parks? All right. Well, I'll start with the easy answer. Yes, you can take your EpiPen in. No problem there. They also have EpiPens in every park. Um, Even on Castaway, they have EpiPen stations. So you can get to an EpiPen even if you forget yours. Um, So Skipper Cantina, it was not taking reservations a couple weeks ago. They opened it up to reservations. So um, this is as of June 2016, July 2016 is what we're looking at. When your 180-day mark opened for July, you could not make a reservation at Skipper Canteen. Now you can. So if you go back on to the Disney website, you can actually make one. However, if you look for Skipper Canteen, you will not find it because it's under the Jungle Navigation Company or something. like. It's got a big, long name. So I think a lot of people are scrolling right past it because it's in the J's, not in the S's. So that's really confusing unnecessarily. That is terribly confusing. Yeah. Everybody calls it Skipper Cantina. They call it the Skipper Cantina, but it's the Jungle Navigation something, 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 something. I don't even remember. There's like an LTD or and something And that's why you too. hire a travel agent. Yeah. So now – Say you don't have a reservation. Say they were just taking walk-ups. You tell the first person you talk to, you tell your server, um, they'll get the chef. Disney will do a great job taking care of you. That's also what you do at counter services. You tell the person that takes your order that you have that allergy, and uh, they'll bend over backwards to make sure everything's A-OK. Well, there you go. Yep, I've, I've heard such great things. Thankfully, we don't really have too many food allergies, but I've heard from numerous friends who have gone. Every restaurant has just been great to work with, uh, and, and we'll definitely Disney does that right. They'll take care of you, and, of course, you can always bring your EpiPen uh, and, and things like that into the park because they definitely care about you. Uh, we have about two more questions, Doug. I think we can get through them here pretty quick. Uh and this question is from Lewis in the Woodlands from Lewis from the Woodlands, Texas. 
I've never even heard of that place. But Lewis asks, on our last Disney trip, my daughter started collecting press pennies, which is something I used to do, around Walt Disney World. She liked that they're themed to each land or park. I liked that it was fairly inexpensive souvenir. Any tips on collecting press pennies in the Walt Disney World? I think I'm guessing he's wondering if there's any like secret secret areas too, or any lands you need to definitely get. Um, there's a lot of them. There, there you go. But uh, the main thing is being prepared with having your quarters and your pennies. So we usually every day make sure we stock a bag of quarters and a baggie of pennies. And when that baggie is done for the day, the kids are done. No more asking. Um, each morning we try to restock it. Uh, with three kids, the hardest thing is keeping them separate and them remembering who got what penny because there's always that fight. Mm -hmm. So we bought the little book that they put it into, and so they have to put it in right away. But if you only have one daughter, that's not an issue. But I think getting the book is fun and uh, just making sure that they get a variety rather than them getting all three at one machine, like say just one per machine type of thing. And that way they're spreading it out throughout the park. And you got to get the shiny pennies. I was yeah. on my brand new pennies. Go to the bank if you need to. Get those because they really pop. Um, and, and then to throw in another one, I know we really love just collecting autographs from the characters. That's a completely free thing that my kids and, and we love to get. So there's so many little inexpensive fun things for kids uh, nowadays that are, are great souvenirs you don't even think about. Absolutely. All right, and the final question is one that I love. It's from a Nebraskan in Omaha, Tabitha, and she asks, I have a five-year-old that has not used a stroller for a few years. I have a friend that told me I would want one at Walt Disney World. Do I really need one for a five-year-old? And if so, any stroller recommendations? Doug, I'll let you go first because I know we disagree on strollers. Yeah, so the first part of that is do you need one? And with a five-year-old, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you just... Unless you're just doing one day, you can get away with it one day. But if you're doing a multiple day trip, those little legs get burnt out. I think six is the borderline. Some seven year olds um, depends on how you tour. I mean, if you're if you're going at rope drop and you're going hard all day long, a stroller is a lifesaver. Um, recommendations on a stroller: uh, we have brought ours from home. That is what we do. We uh, when the kids were real little, we used it in the airport. When they were like five, was our you know our youngest was five. We uh, just checked it. Uh, it's free to check a stroller. No airlines charge you for that. We got a gate check type bag for our stroller off uh, Amazon for a few bucks and threw it in there. And um, never had any major damage to our stroller in tra uh, air travel. But then we had our stroller um, for outside the park, in the park, at the resort. Um, that's what we do. Now, we are completely different because we love renting strollers at Disney World. Uh, I think they're really um, well put together. They maneuver pretty well for us. Uh, our kids love them because we like that they, they walk a little bit in the park. They walk to the park. They walk around the hotel, the resort. So, yeah, you definitely need a stroller. I have a four-year-old um, uh, when I took her to Disney World, and, and she was in the stroller most of the time. So, yeah, whether you bring it from home or you rent it at the park, you have options at both places. So whatever you feel is best for you, definitely. Yeah, and there's one other option that we didn't mention there is uh, renting a stroller when you're down there outside of the park. There's a lot of stroller rental companies. They'll actually deliver it right to your resort and will be there waiting for you when you check in. And, um, and then you have a rented stroller outside. 
side of the park and inside of the park. So I think that sounds like an entire episode. Uh, it is, because you want to know, this last Disney trip, we rope dropped the stroller rental place. Oh, see, that, that's a whole little debate right there. I, I, why? Yep, of why we wasted time. I know. we waste, uh, Yep, so we've done that a couple times. Uh, no, we do that the first day, and then you always get the card, so we didn't have to the second day. So we'll talk more about that in future episodes. It is definitely one that Doug and I love to debate. But, Doug, that is about a dozen questions that we went through in about 30 minutes uh, for right. our listeners, and, and we want to thank you so much for uh, the questions. Please continue. We'll even put uh, a question on Facebook to ask questions and on Twitter. But uh, never hesitate to send emails, uh, messages, right on Facebook links. We love answering questions. Hopefully, we were some help today. I hope so, and I hope the questions keep coming because it's real enjoyable um, to answer them and know that we're helping you plan your Disney vacations. And that's right. And if you ever have any planning questions, we do recommend Michelle McKnight, the Rope Drop Queen herself. So look her up on Facebook. Like her page, Rope Drop Queen. She answers all of our questions even before this show. So uh, she has a wonderful wealth of knowledge. We cannot recommend her highly enough. And uh, she is a wonderful sponsor of this show. So thank you very much, Michelle. And everyone, please go to her page and at least like it for all the new deals that are coming out. Uh, seems like we're getting more and more deals. And 2017 is looking to start and fill up with some Disney plans. Yeah, it's time to plan 2017. That's crazy. I know I'm excited because we have our trip in February. I know you have a couple trips. So uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about in future episodes. But we're out of time. So... I want to thank all of you guys for listening, for our fan base that's continuing to grow. Keep asking questions. Keep letting us know how we're doing. We want this to be a podcast meant for you and to help your travel needs. So I'm your host, Eric Sassman. Of course, we got Dr. Doug with me as always. Please go to our Facebook page, Rope Drop Radio, our Twitter uh, as well. Follow us, like us, and we'll continue to update you with information, fun facts, travel deals, and of course, we love answering questions. Thank you for listening to Rope Drop Radio.